Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Go Bulls, Go Friday. And here's why. Because my beloved Chicago Bulls, first place in the Eastern, Eastern Conference, eight wins, three losses, are about to embark on a six or five game road trip out west. Am I nervous? Yes. But this is a political talk show, not a sports talk show. And Dennis has that big paw out like he's Dikemba Mutombo, ready to block me from having any more Bulls talk. But I just got to tell you, folks, I'm really excited about my beloved Chicago Bulls. And wherever I go, I try to spread it. You know, it's something we can all get around. We can all embrace. Whether you're a Trumper or whether you're a Bidener, if you're MAGA or... Anti-MAGA, you can all love the Chicago Bulls. Hey. So anyway, very excited about the Chicago Bulls. But enough Bulls talk. Go Bulls go. Tonight, Golden State. Uh-oh, that'll be very tough. I keep saying enough Bulls talk, and then I have an excuse to get more Bulls talk. So I will now stop myself before I go any further and tell you, by the way, one of our uh, weekend bonuses will be a conversation I had with young Tom Scher about Scottie Pippen and Michael Jeffrey Jordan. But no more Bulls talk. Instead, I'm turning things over to the man, the myth, the legend, pride and drove Walton, Illinois, who is in his closet right now, in his childhood home no, closet. No, it's not. Uh, well, he's in a closet. But, and there's like a jacket hanging over. Folks, if you could see this, you could see there's a jacket right over his shoulder. And uh, it's very close quarters in that closet in beautiful downstate Alton. Without further ado, the man they call Dr. Stud. With oh, what a week! Oh, wow, how's it going, <laughs> everybody? No, I'm not in my childhood home. No, not a stud. And uh, yeah, I'm in a closet. All right, my name's Dennis. Yes, go Bulls, Ben. Please, for the love of God, don't talk about the Bulls anymore. Let's find out. <laughs> Wait, what? let's just get a prediction from you before we go any further. Oh, Tonight's Jesus. game: Golden State, best team in basketball, at ten and one. Steph Curry is just lights out. Bulls will be playing them without Vukovic, who uh, got COVID, so he won't be there. So, in your humble opinion, will the Bulls be victorious or will they lose to the Golden State Warriors? It, it'll be a close one, but yes, the Chicago Bulls will win it. Whoa, win it? Yep, they'll win. boy, that's what I want to hear. All right, take it away, young man. All right, great. Local news. How's it going? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois. And we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Face coverings. Okay. (laughs) Still talking about that, huh? I just love those little things. That's just basic radio, ladies and gentlemen. That's 101 on radio, okay? All right? And you know, it seemed like he was laying low for a couple of weeks there, but the governor is back on our radar. And Ben, don't let anyone tell you differently, all right? This governor of ours... He's a traveling man, okay? Because earlier in the week, J.B. Pritzker was in the U.K. Yes. Governor Pritzker attended the COP26 Climate Change Summit in Glasgow, Scotland. And rest assured, he was there to talk the state of Illinois and to present Illinois as a global player 
in the emerging green economy. Pritzker is one of seven governors and the only one from the Midwest traveling to the conference as part of a large U.S. delegation. His message, in America's heartland, there's one state taking strides to match this moment. Pritzker told an audience gathered Monday night at the Field Museum for a COP26 kickoff event hosted by the British Consulate General in Chicago. We have a little bit of audio from Pritzker in the UK. Let's hear it. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. We've sent four transformative presidents to the White House. We were the first state to ratify two of the most important amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Okay, that was actually not the audio. It's audio we play in the show all the time. I was going to say, and I always (laughs) flunk the trivia question. Like, who are the four presidents? Lincoln, Grant, Reagan. I always flunk it, D. Who's the fourth? Was he claiming Obama? Oh, is he claiming Obama? <laughs> See, come on, JB. Obama's from Hawaii. He's not from Illinois. Yeah, he lived here for like, what, 12 years? And JB, let me give you a little tip. He couldn't wait to get out of here. Barack Obama took a look around Chicago and goes, oh my God, these people are weird. And he began plotting his way out. And he didn't come back, and I don't blame him. We are weird. Yeah, that was an audio from uh, Pritzker there. He loves Illinois, but here is the actual audio. We have to enact policies that incentivize green technologies, train workers for the new jobs in the new fields that we're creating, uh, build equity into these new industries with intentionality, and support the transition away from fossil fuels. But what have we passed in our legislature? We passed in our legislature a monumental uh, electric vehicle incentives bill. So we intend to be a leader in the manufacture of uh, electric vehicles and in the deployment of charging stations, the deployment of vehicles on the road and the changeover of school buses and uh, trucks and so on. Hurry up with that. We need more chargers out there before I take the plunge and buy an electric vehicle. They're so expensive. And by the way, I'm a little disappointed that JB uh, did not was not speaking with a British accent. Most people I know go over to England, like within two days, they got a British accent. You ever notice that, D? Like, hello, yeah. mate. Oh, yeah. That you one know? time when you went, oh, my God, you wouldn't stop there for a while. <laughs> like, good one Lord. time I went, I've never been. Hello, D. Hello. And uh, so I was kind of hoping JB would go up there, you know, and uh, well, it's funny uh, there, uh, you know, he was the only Midwest governor. So I'm sure uh, the UK, they were expecting like, oh, hey, everybody, how's it going? I'm the governor. <laughs> Midwest corn. Uh, well, wait to the big feller. If DB gets elected, you know, if DB ever go there, Bailey, probably drive downstate Illinois. By the way, I'm just going to say this one more time. Ben Drowski's show gives you the best. The best coverage of the Republican gubernatorial election. Man, the Tribune and the Sun-Times can't keep up with us, D. And so as a, as a result, anybody who listens to Ben Jarowski's show knows who DB is, Darren Bailey. So if he goes over there, <laughs> someone's got to feed them hogs. Which, by the way, is a, a line. I may have said this already, but I'm just going to point this out, that uh, our producer, producer Dennis, stole. Oh, S-T-O-L-E, stole. Yeah, you can look at it that way as stealing. It's <laughs> tribute. I'm telling, it's a tribute. <laughs> One day I'm watching, uh, obsessively fo- watching Norm MacDonald bits. It's right after he died. And then all of a sudden I hear him go, you got to feed them hogs. I go, wait a minute. Well, yeah. Maybe Norm stole it from D. Anyway. It's a tribute. It's a tribute. Okay. Uh, but uh, no, JB, you know, 
listen, we all know this, that uh, we're not going to have a uh, we're not going to abolish uh, our dependence on fossil fuels just through Illinois alone. So but it is good that we're making that effort. It is good, obviously. It's going to take a federal national policy. I don't know, D. Uh, I, I I should do a whole show on electric cars and whether they will actually there be the future. Go. Make sure I'm not on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really boring. I do know this. My uh, youngest daughter bought a used car. I didn't tell you this story, D. I had to go with her. All right. Oh, God, what a moment that was. Send the man. Send the man to buy the car. <laughs> I know nothing about yeah. cars, ladies and gentlemen. I just stood around and tried to look manly. Oh, yeah. I told you I used to play football, huh? And um, so uh, there was this electric car I fell in love with. And I was like, let's buy it. And it was, it was really cheap, too. You know, it was like for used car folks. If you guys bought used cars lately, you know they're, they're, it's really inflated. Uh, and uh, so it was like $10,000, I want to say, D, which is, the ch- trust me when I tell you, the least amount. I'm like, let's get it. Oh, my goodness. Let's get this car. And everyone advised me, don't get it. Don't get it. There'll be no electric charging stations anywhere. You'll be you'll like be stuck in the middle of a road. So we didn't get it. So that just 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 shows you that's just one example of how far we have to go before we like turn the corner. Ooh, hmm. is that a horn? Oh, it's outside of my house. Oh boy, it's somebody. <laughs> I thought you were doing like a horn thing because it was like a car, um, but no, it's. Uh, the alarm system of a car. Hope nobody can hear that. Nope. Ah, doing a show from my house. You know, the internet's down, the train's roaring by, and now there's an alarm going off. Anyway, D, back to you. So there it was, our hippie governor in the UK. <laughs> by the way, Dennis, for 10 trivia points. What? Well, let's see if you can pull this off. J.P. Pritzker had breakfast with some friends of his from Illinois when he was in England. Who were the two friends that he had breakfast with? Daniel Biss and Bob Diver. Uh, no, but wow, I give you credit for just really fast answers. Those are two of his opponents in the last gubernatorial election. Uh, it was Chris Welch, Speaker of the House, who oh. went over to, uh, to England, and Don Harmon, your personal favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. State Senate President Don Harmon. Love Harmon. And uh, they all sat around uh, singing Beatles songs because they were in England. <laughs> Oh, and rumor has it he hates crumpets. He was like wondering what that was all about. Tried him, hated him. JB Pritzker did. But but you know what he hates more? Crumpets. Oh, there oh, we go. Alarm again. Can you hear that horn? No. <laughs> Quit distracting our audience. Oh, sorry, audience. <laughs> All right, now back in America and back in Illinois, J.B. Pritzker's gubernatorial campaign is officially heating up. It's time for a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. Ah, rich people. (laughs) What would we do without them? Uh Uh-oh, COVID. (laughs) Ken Griffin. The richest man in Illinois, who just so happens to be an uber conservative and also just so happens to really not like our governor, maybe the second richest man in Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker. On Wednesday, Griffin said he will vigorously back a Republican challenger to Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker, setting the stage for another 
battle of the billionaires. No one's excited. All right. Griffin said during an interview at the New York Times Deal Book Summit, quote, I'm all in to support the candidate who will beat J.B. Pritzker. Pritzker doesn't deserve to be the governor of our state. Griffin referenced Pritzker, uh, Pritzker's team recently criticizing him for questioning whether the governor had done enough to quell looting and violence along Michigan Avenue in 2020. Griffin continued on about Pritzker, saying, quote, he called me a liar. It's all about politics for him. It's not about people. Griffin's spokesman confirmed his boss will bankroll a challenge to Pritzker and more on one of those challengers in moments. But back to petty rich people, because the governor responded to Griffin's claims and insults. J.B. Pritzker on Thursday said Ken Griffin's past support for Republican Governor Bruce Rauner. <laughs> his support for Governor Rauner makes it clear the hedge fund billionaire doesn't deserve a redo. Uh, Pritzker said, quote, I've spent the last three years undoing the damage that Ken Griffin and his governor did. Pritzker told the Chicago Sun-Times that Griffin has shown, quote, extremely poor judgment backing Rauner, pointing to Illinois' two-year budget impasse under the one-term governor, numerous credit downgrades and cuts to services. Griffin didn't take him long. He fired back that the Democrat J.B. Pritzker is failing Chicagoans and asked what is his plan to address the spiral of death and violence and the mayhem in our streets. So the battle of the billionaires has begun. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts? Well, yes, Ken Griffin. He's a powerful force uh, in Illinois politics. We talk about Kenny G all the time in this show. Kenny G uh, is a, he would call himself a free market sort of libertarian Republican. Basically, that means he hates paying taxes. So he's one of the, the, the country's richest men, probably. I think he is the state's richest man, as you just said, uh, Dennis. He's usually proclaimed the richest man in the state of Illinois. And as I've pointed out from time to time, it's, you know, I, why are we calling him uh, a resident of Illinois? He's got homes all over the place. He's got this uh, beautiful, well, I, I shouldn't say it's beautiful. I've never been there. Uh, but this, uh, what is it, a condo in uh, New York City, Manhattan? So I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know where he votes, but it's, I, is he really a resident of Illinois? But he sure gets involved in Illinois politics, sure loves to uh, throw around the money. He, yes, as Dennis pointed out, he did bankroll to a large degree, Bruce Rauner. Uh, Bruce Rauner, of course, had some money of his own to kick in. Very wealthy man. Is I got money of my own. <laughs> uh, and uh, most recently, uh, Ken Griffin was the bankroller of the movement against a fair tax. Uh, this may have been the low point in Illinois democracy where the voters of Illinois decided to essentially cut taxes on Ken Griffin and other wealthy people and raise taxes on themselves <clears throat> by voting against an initiative that would have actually raised taxes on Ken Griffin. The, nobody has ever said that the voters of Illinois or the city of Chicago are the brightest people in the world. And Ken Griffin put up, uh, as we've talked many times, he financed a, uh, a campaign that just sort of played to the fears. I really didn't even know what the fears were uh, of Illinois voters, but he dragged out Phyllis. And Phyllis said that uh, the fair tax initiative would put taxes on retired income, which it wouldn't do. And Chicago's were like, oh, sounds good to me. If Phyllis says it, it must be true. 
and they uh, voted against the fair tax. They voted against their own interests. And so this is a if I'm J.B. Pritzker, I'm a little worried about this because uh, Kenny G has already shown uh, that he's not afraid to spend a lot of money. Uh, he's got some very clever ad people who uh, know how to pick away at the fears and prejudices of voters. Uh, he's already hammering away at the crime issue. Uh, he, he's looking for a backlash. That could be a very potent and powerful uh, force against Pritzker because we talk about crime on this show all the time. I hear talk about crime. Nobody in the country, nobody, N-O-B, can I spell nobody? N-O-B-O-D-Y. There we go. Thank God. <laughs> For a moment, D, it was like breaking down. Yeah. Can I spell it? Uh-oh. I started spelling it. Now I got to finish spelling I it. I see a lot of listeners like, you know the guy I've been listening to for years, <laughs> trusting his opinion? This guy can't even spell nobody. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it. I'm going to stop listening to him and I'll listen to, I was going to say some conservative person, but all I could think of was Rush Limbaugh and he's not on the air anymore. Is there, is like Rush Limbaugh, do they replay old shows of his day? Do you know anywhere? No, like no, golden. No. Uh, yeah. He's they more don't. than not on the air anymore, by the way. <laughs> yes. So anyway, uh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, Ken Griffin is a powerful force. I'll tell you what, who loves Kenny G. Crane, Chicago businessman. Oh, yes. Crane, Chicago business just loves rich people. They just like a rich person utters anything. And Crane's just like, let's listen to what he says. He must be smart because he's fabulously wealthy. And so they just like put it out there. Ken Griffin said this. Ken Griffin said that. And it's like, like I remember Sam Zell, which is another fabulously rich guy from, I don't know where he lives these days. He may, he, he's another one of these guys. They got places all over the world. Uh, but for a while, he was living in Chicago. I think he was raised in Chicago, Sam. So don't quote me on that, D. Uh, and uh, unlike Kenny G, I don't believe was raised in Chicago, uh, nor was Bruce Rauner. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, Sam Zell would just make opine something. Good. Interest rates are horrible. Cranes would be like, Sam Zell, interest rates. Like, I think like people who want to be rich want to hear what rich people have to say because they're looking for clues of how maybe they can get rich too. I don't know if there's any correlation between listening to a rich guy and getting rich. In fact, I don't think there's any correlation by D I think it's a very powerful force in America right, right now. Right. I th a lot of people voted for Donald Trump cause he's rich. Well, he's rich. I've had this. I've had people tell me this Well, he must know something. He's rich. She's going to vote for him for president then, huh? Well, I yeah. say the opposite could happen for our show. You keep listening to our show. You will not get rich. I tell you that. <laughs> be broke. Still broke. Man, if, if you could see uh, the setup we had, we no longer have it. Uh, if you could see the setup we had to stream live. Like, <laughs> I think it was like a little uh, gerbil in a cage running around. Yeah. <laughs> the gerbil died. Uh, the gerbil died, ladies and gentlemen. We're working on it, okay? Michael Girardi <laughs> was teasing me the other day. Come on, Ben. Get it back. to Get it together. We're working on it. As we speak, we have internet technicians just feverishly working on it. Yeah, fourth wall came down uh, last week. There's just two of us. <laughs> yeah, there's just two. Uh, anyway, so back to Kenny uh, G. He's uh, He is going to be a very powerful force, in my humble opinion, in, in the midterms in Illinois. I'm starting to worry about the midterms in Illinois. I think that their backlash is coming. Uh, 
I think uh, I've lived through several backlashes, political backlashes having to do with crime. Um, I get a sense when I follow the Kyle Rittenhouse trial uh, that uh, there's a lot more sympathy for Kyle Rittenhouse than you would hear expressed on the Ben Jarofsky show. I realize uh, I'm on the margins. I'm a fringe person here, politically speaking. So uh, Ken Griffin is... Uh, has is privy to all the polls and all the focus groups that the Republicans have that show how vulnerable <clears throat> Democrats are, excuse me, in the issue of crime. And I think they're going to be plant, banging that drum for the next year. Uh, they're going to put the, uh, Democrats on the defensive and they're just going to pour the money. in. They got to figure out who their can, candidate well, is. I got to say something, you know, uh, for this Griffin guy must not be the most confident person, because at what point does this guy go? All right. I guess if you got to get the job done, I'm going to do it myself. Dude, why don't you run, Mr. Griffin? That is a great question. Damn, we should reverse things. I should be the guy running the computer, and you should be the guy out doing the show. <laughs> could you imagine me running the computer? That'd be bad. Uh, I, I could push that button. That go, uh, you know what? What what, would the, what button would I push right now? Uh, f- face coverings. There you go. Um, I think Kenny G wants to be. You remember? Oh, this is way before your time. The uh, Godfather. And they showed the hands and then there were strings attached to the hands. And then there were these like little marionettes below. And the Godfather was the man who controlled the strings. I think Kenny G wants to be the man who controls the, the strings. Yeah. And he plus he wants to make money. If you get elected to office, unless you're, well, Trump somehow or other figured out a way here. What I'll do is I'll have hotels and I'll make everyone stay at them. Uh, but most people have to sort of put their business career on hold while their office. Kenny G's in the in the he's in the game to make money. D now, <clears throat> Chicagoans, Illinoisans. Let's get it clear. Now I know you're not you're stubborn. And you love rich people, okay? You're a little like cranes in that matter, but. Uh, the reality is that this is an investment uh, when he contributes all that money to whatever Republican stooge uh, at the end of his string, uh, when he contributes that money, it's an investment in his future because those Republicans will enact legislation that will protect Kenny G and keep him from having to pay more taxes. He's a, listen, I never said he was not smart. Kenny G. I never said that. D. Okay. Just saying that, don't believe he's doing this for like, because he likes you. Come on, Chicago. You can't be that dumb. Now, remember, everybody, in 2018, Pritzker's... about you. Oh, sorry. You kind of cut out there. Sorry. Um, now, remember, everybody, in 2018, Pritzker spent $171 million of his personal fortune to unseat Rauner. Ken Griffin donated $22.5 million to Rauner for that race and millions more in his 2014 run for governor. Uh, governor. And also remember, Griffin does have a small victory in his pocket. In 2020, Griffin spent nearly $54 million to defeat the graduated income tax measure that Pritzker spent $58 million on to support. Wow. All right. Let's just think about that. Let's just think about that. What other billionaires must say about J.B. Pritzker? J.B. Pritzker spent $58 million to raise taxes on himself. I applaud him for doing that because if he raises taxes on himself, then they don't have to raise taxes on people like me. So I applaud him for doing that. That's he was, he spent money, maybe not wisely, maybe not prudently, maybe not strategically, 
spent money in order to raise taxes on himself and lower taxes on me. Kenny G, on the other hand, spent money to lower taxes on himself and raise them on me. You dummies on the northwest and the southwest side of Chicago voted with Kenny G. You're not billionaires. If you were billionaires, you wouldn't be living on the northwest and the southwest side of Chicago. Hello. So Kenny G is very strategic and he's very shrewd. And when he spends his campaign money he's doing it to protect his interests and when you vote for his interests you're voting against your interests i don't know how else to say it you want me to be nice to you and say oh well you're really smart chicago voters you're really smart no you're not smart <laughs> you voted against your d yeah, i know i got to get over it i know i got to get over it. i know i have to get over that fear test yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i've never seen anything like it people voted against their interest, they say, I'm going to vote to effectively raise taxes on myself by voting to cut against raising them on the richest people in the state. They voted against their interests. And part of the reason is because Kenny G financed um, some really brilliant commercials, TV commercials, uh, starring Phyllis. And so, yeah, he's a potent force, D. And when he said, not just because he's got the um, the means to uh by media attention, but as I said before, when Kenny G talks, all the major media outlets in Chicago listen. Remember that commercial? That's way before your time. And Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes. A little late, but hey, Phyllis. Ah, uh, Philly. It's been a long time. Anyway, when he talks, they listen. The Sun-Times will give him pages of coverage, the Tribune, and, of course, Cranes. So, yeah, he is. Uh, this is some, a threat uh, that the Democrats and Pritzker should not take lightly. Uh, by the way, do we have a Ken Griffin impression? Figured I might ask. I don't know if you heard this guy talk enough. <clears throat> no, I've not heard him talk enough. Unlike Cranes, I don't sit there and, oh, Ken Griffin is talking. I must rush to my TV and listen. So, uh, no, I, I, I must confess to you, I do not have a, I could actually, I mean, pretty much all my, uh, imitations sound alike. So why don't I just do my, here's, here's a, uh, here's my Ken Griffin imitation. Uh, did not have sex with that woman. Okay. It sounds just like Bill Clinton. <laughs> all right. On to gubernatorial. Here's my Lori Lightfoot. Uh, uh, imitation. I uh, did not have sex okay, with that woman. Bill Clinton. And, and here's my Nick Spazzato imitation. I uh, did not have <laughs> sex with that woman. In other words, all my imitations sounded like. I mean, all those just really sounded like Bill Clinton. Okay, now on to gubernatorial candidate update number two. Number, number two. two. Because one of Pritzker's Republican challengers seems willing to accept Kenny G's challenge. Jesse Sullivan wants some of them Griffin bucks, baby. It looks like Sully found an opportunity to pounce right after Griffin's announcement. Shout out to WCIA's Mark Maxwell for the update. Jesse Sullivan, the Republican primary candidate running for governor, responded to recent measures adopted by the Illinois General Assembly during an interview on Capital Connection. Sullivan said he would not have signed the repeal of the Parental Notification Act that required Dr to notify parents when minors seek an abortion and that he opposed alterations to the Health Care Right of Conscience Act, which some workers used as grounds to refuse vaccine mandates or workplace testing requirements. All right. So um, this is uh, one of the uh, four Republican gubernatorial candidates. 
and this is uh, Jesse Sullivan. He's the young. He's about 37 years old, a uh, businessman who has really made his fortune in California, uh, but now claims that he was living in Illinois while he was making that fortune in California. Look, folks, just reporting on this stuff. Don't get mad at me. Okay, I'm just a messenger. Now, a lot of my listeners are going to get confused when they hear the name Jesse Sullivan. And they go, wait a minute, Ben. Isn't Jesse Sullivan the guy who went to Subway at 2 in the morning when it was like 50 below zero with the windshield factor and they got mugged by MAGA? No! Yeah, he's the guy that ran for governor in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, that's Jesse Ventura. No. Yes, that's Jesse Ventura. And the other one is Jesse Smollett. Keep it straight, listeners. You're falling down, okay? You're not keeping up with all the names. <laughs> Jesse Sullivan... <laughs> Is not the guy who ran for governor of Minnesota. It's He's conspiracy. not the guy who allegedly went to Subway at two in the morning. By the way, we knew that story was funny when he when he when he just said he went to Subway. Like Jesse Smollett going to Subway. Mm, don't see that happening. Anyway, so Jesse Sullivan is a well-to-do businessman who made his fortune in California, but claims that he actually made it in Illinois, and he's trying to run this campaign, ladies and gentlemen. Where he, he he's trying to do what Glenn Youngkin did in Virginia. He's not 100% MAGA, but he doesn't want to say anything that would upset MAGA because he's going to need that MAGA, Maginian vote. <laughs> Maginian? I just made that up. And uh, so he's going to need that Maginian vote come November. So he's like, delicate tightrope. And so what he uh, is going to be pounding the drum on is parental notification. Now, if you listen to the show, you've heard Terry uh, Cosgrove, a different point of view about parental notification, uh, that parental notification is not necessary. Uh, let's put it this way. As I always say, the parents weren't there when uh, the girl got pregnant. So why should they be notified about the abortion? That's just my general rule of thumb on this issue. I really realize again that I may not be in complete footstep with uh, everybody in the state of Illinois in this. And when they're done scaring the hell out of parents in, in the suburban areas, that may be a potent issue for the Republicans. That's what they're, that's what they're kind of figuring out from their focus groups in Virginia and New Jersey. Mm, parent rights. Parents need more right, more say in their kids' lives. So many kids, D, by the time they're 16, can't stand being with their parents. You ever notice that? Ever notice that when kids get to be like 16 or 70, oh my God, my parents want rights. So this is one of those issues that uh, Kenny G may be uh, hammer financing uh, Jesse Sullivan. And Jesse Sullivan will try to pr portray P Pritzker as being some kind of radical, uh, you know, radical uh, anti-parent rights politician. So these are the issues, folks. They're already unveiling them. You are the marionettes. You're going to be dancing at the end of their strings? We shall see. Jesse Sullivan is one of four Republican gubernatorial hopefuls running against J.B. Pritzker at the moment. The other three, parking lot prodigy Gary Rabine, the military man Paul Schimpf, and of course... Hey friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor, just issued more mandates today. Friends, that's not right. That's not what government is about. Government is to inform and educate. We decide. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. The downstate Illinois farmer and Senator Darren, who's going to feed them hogs? Bailey. Now, 
Illinois Politico brought up some good points this week, especially after Ken Griffin's announcement. Ben, we're going to ask you your thoughts here. Hmm. With an announcement, will Representatives Adam Kinzinger or Rodney Davis now throw their hat in the ring? Either of them would likely get Griffin's nod. And still not on the immediate gubernatorial candidate list, one Todd Ricketts. There was rumors going around that he may run. Uh, He just stepped down as Republican National Committee Finance Chair. uh, But a source close to the Cubs co-owner said his exit from the RNC was long planned and that right now he's not making a play for the governor's mansion. But does this Griffin announcement maybe change? I don't know. I don't know. That's a... uh First of all, I think they probably already knew that Kenny G was going to kick this money in. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. A feeling deep inside. Whoa, yeah. Sorry, D. Uh, I got a feeling. I heard that song the other day. I love that song. Uh, and I got a feeling that they already knew that Kenny G was going to bankroll. In fact, any Republican running for governor, probably in the state of Illinois, reached out to Kenny G. Uh, Kenny, please. Uh, but I think uh, young Kenneth Griffin is, you know, he's holding back because I think he realizes that it would be more difficult for a full-fledged uh, MAGA person like uh, Darren DB, uh, who's going to feed those hogs, Bailey, uh, than it would be for somebody like Jesse Sullivan or uh, Rodney Davis, who could just kind of walk that tightrope. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't think we should really talk about the election. I don't know. Well, who was it? Was it uh, It was uh, Gary Rabine, or is it Rabine, or is it Rabin? Who knows? Quick, where's Eric Zorn? Dude, drop He's out like- of this thing so we don't have to figure this out anymore. <laughs> Eric Zorn, among other things, is an expert on how to pronounce this man's name. Eric, how do you pronounce it again? I always forget. Rabine. This- Rabine. Thank you. Like Ray Bine. I should know that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Ray Bine. Yeah, Gary Ray Bine was the guy who's like, I'm the smartest man in the state of Illinois. I'm going to fix all your problems. And they go, well, what about that presidential election? Because I'm not smart enough to know who won that. Oh, wait, you're smart enough to fix all our problems, but you're not smart enough to know that Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump. So you got to walk that fine line. And I think that the, the big money is going to be on someone like, um, well, one of the people who are not in the race. And uh, so do I think Adam Kinzinger is going to jump into the race? No, I do not believe Adam Kinzinger is going to jump in the race. I do not believe that. OK, if he has a political future, I think it's more likely he's going to run for Senate. Uh, and I'm just repeating what Heidi Henry said months ago on the Ben Jarowski show. Heidi Henry, uh, a Democratic activist from uh, the 16th Congressional District, is opposed uh, Adam Kinzinger in many elections. Anyway, so uh, now will uh, Rodney Davis jump into the race? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Congressman Rodney Davis, he can really play that game. Can't we all just get along? Meanwhile, he's like sticking it to the Democrats. Uh, I think that uh, Kenny G is probably that that little dog and pony show that he threw the other day that got him all the press and the attention is probably his way of trying to encourage a Rodney Davis type to hop in the race so that he, uh, Kenny G, does not have to throw all his money behind Darren D.B. Bailey, who, in my humble opinion, would probably win. He's the most maggiest. He's the maggiest of all the MAGA candidates out there, right, D? Yeah, I got to say, uh, I've been downstate for about two or three weeks now, and I've only seen uh, Darren Bailey signs. I haven't seen any Rabine signs or Sullivan signs, but I have seen Darren Bailey signs. 
Wow, that's interesting. Our man, by the way, our hey, hmm. Cranes, do you have a correspondent downstate? No, but the Ben Jarofsky showed us. Have you seen any Pritzker suck signs? Oh, of course. Okay. Have you seen any, um, and cleaning this up, F blank blank K Biden signs? Wait. <laughs> huh? Fork? FKK. Uh-oh, COVID. Mm. Boy, the joke's still not funny, even a year and a half after the do you pandemic. Do that all the time? Now? Yeah. I, it's not even just on this show. I got cough. I go to my wife. Oh, sorry, COVID kicking in. Crickets Always every time. Laugh. Oh, really? It's, Does it? At a restaurant. Oh, that's a funny one. Anyway, uh, who was it? We had a guest on the show was talking about the... the uh, the Biden signs. Uh, oh, yeah. It was our downstate guest. Uh, Sarah Bigaman uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was on the show. Uh, I haven't seen any of those. There is a house, though, uh, near me that's just like the signs are real faded because it was from the last election, you know, and it's just like, ah, Joe Biden, <laughs> fuck that guy. Like, kind of weird. Downstate Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate Biden. I don't know. He's trying so hard to be likable, you know, and they hate him, D. I hate Biden. How can you hate Biden? I'm, I'm in. Oh, here's a question. Here's a trivia question. Do uh, conservatives now hate Biden more than uh, Democrats and uh, liberals hated Trump? Oh, wow. Whoa. Whoa. That's a good question. Wait. Good question. Good question, Madam Mayor. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I, 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 I think the answer is no. The no, <laughs> no. I think that um, that uh, Democrats hate Trump more than Republican or MAGA hates Biden. I think MAGA hates. All right, here's a. I'll flip this. Question I think Jerry's right still here. out on that one, dude. All right, do you think MAGA hates Biden more than it hates Obama? Well, that's just a totally different question. I do. That's <laughs> that's completely different. All right, let's. Here you go. Here's the toughest. I think I'd say Biden more because it's just more popular, and uh, Trump really got uh, some people who wouldn't really normally follow politics to follow politics. So, all right, let me throw this one at you, Mister. I know everything Mm -hmm. in my closet. Do Repub? Does MAGA hate Biden more than they hate? The Clintons. Well, I got to say, I'm in the closet to give the best possible sound quality <laughs> for our show. I don't want to know about your personal life. Oh, my okay? God. Oh, my now, God. Uh, so they hate Biden oh, more than the Clintons. Yeah, I think Maga still hates the Clintons more than they hate Biden. But you know what? You're in the. Why am I arguing? with That would be like if I, you I said something about the Bulls and you try to correct me. You are our correspondent in MAGA country. You've done an outstanding job, and uh, you've kept us way ahead of the competition. Like we're crushing cranes with our gubernatorial coverage, just you and me. So you know what? I bow to you. They hate Biden. <laughs> D, I don't know how you can hate Biden. I'm sorry. That's like hating. I'm gonna name a. I'm gonna name a Republican that nobody. Um, who's a Republican that you can't hate? Hmm. Hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Oh, there we go. We had to scale back there a bit, huh? (laughs) Had to go back a little bit. Anyway, you may be right, T. You may be right. And there it was. A 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. (laughs) This is a 2022 
Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. Face coverage. <laughs> All right. More. Oh, here you go. What? Wait. Before we go, here we go. Final question. Oh, God. Does MAGA hate Biden more than they hate J.B. Pritzker? Oh, that's a toughie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, mister. I know everything. Come uh, on. Based on the nation, I would say Biden more. Okay. Duh. <laughs> I'm talking about Illinois, not oh, the nation. Oh, okay. You had to clarify that. I don't... Oh, they hate Pritzker more. It's just fun. Pritzker sucks, man. <laughs> I've been down here long enough. I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Starting to feel it. All right, more. He doesn't really think that way. Go ahead. <laughs> more upcoming local election. Oh yeah, we're gonna lose uh, so many, so much money on that. Uh, more upcoming local election news, and thanks to Illinois' recent map redistricting, Marie Newman's seat got a tad more uncomfortable this week. Hours after Democrats in Springfield approved a congressional remap putting Democratic representatives Marie Newman and Jesus Chewy Garcia in the same district, Newman announced Friday, she's not running against Chewy. She will now be running against Representative Sean Caston. Newman, a freshman from LaGrange, will run in the new 6th district, which contains about 40% of her current 3rd district, including portions of the 19th, 14th, 23rd and 13th wards in Chicago. Caston from Downers Grove also announced on Friday he will seek another term running for the new 6th district, setting up a potentially device, uh, divisive and expensive June Democratic primary. Ben, why does the political department of Illinois hate Marie Newman? What did she ever do to anybody? Well, she is uh, the rookie. And uh, so what I mean by that is she was the um, last elected of all the Illinois Democrats, the congressional Democrats, I should say. Uh, and so she's the most vulnerable. Um, and uh, so that's the that's one answer. The other answer is that the Democrats on the congressional level were doing what they could to promote uh, Latino representation. And they certainly weren't going to... Uh, Ice Jesus Chewy Garcia uh, out of a seat, uh, and she knew that. She knew that she probably couldn't beat him uh, in one on one in that old district. Uh, and they also created a new district that's intended uh, for uh, Latino representation. Alderman Viegas has already announced that he's running for it. So uh, I think that's you put those two together, D, and that's that's your answer. So she's immediately running against Sean Caston, and I. I have no idea who's going to win that one. You know, I've had um, many of my friends of the more liberal persuasion just telling me how upset they are that they have to choose between Kasson and Marie Newman. Uh, they love them both. And they worked so hard, uh, liberal Democrats did, to elect Kasson in 2018. And they worked so hard to elect Marie Newman uh, in 2020. Yeah, she defeated uh uh, Danny Lipinski uh, in the Democratic primary. He was a very conservative Democrat, if you remember him. So there's just this feeling of like, like we work so hard and now we have to choose between one or the other. And it's, you know, what can I say? Politics is, is a dirty business, D. And uh, someone, it was musical chairs. And when the game was over, she was the one without a chair. But will she defeat Sean Caston? I do not know the answer right, to that question. Right. It seemed like she was sitting pretty there for a minute. You know, she won. Everything was cool. Now she's got to, all right, go through more hoops. Poor yeah. Marie Newman. Uh, 
pulmonary pneumonia. And by the way, uh, when you say it was uh, sitting pretty for a minute, politically speaking, it was about a minute. Uh, <laughs> she was elected in 2020 and now 2022, she's having this existential crisis. So, and I remember who was it that was, uh, telling me this it was on the air one of my guests or maybe it was an off-the-air conversation uh that the, the powers that be in illinois were trying were hoping that they could induce her to run for another office you know hey you would make a great county commissioner or hey you would you know what i mean it's like she goes, i don't want to be a county commissioner yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a i'm a congresswoman county commissioner but that's happened in the past by the way redistricting is is tough ladies and gentlemen i can give you a whole history of incumbent congressmen or who lost their seats in redistricting. Abner Mikva, Roman Paczynski, they lost their seats when redistricting occurred. Roman Paczynski, as Dennis knows, went from Congress to a city council. Duh. He was later an alderman. Duh. Yeah, he knows that. And uh, Abner Mikva lost his seat on the south side of Chicago. What did he do? He moved to Evanston and built the Evanston Democratic Party and then was victorious at Evanston. So redistricting forces Congress people uh, to move out, move to new areas, reorganize if they want to stay in politics that is it's no joke and uh, so marie newman is going to try to defeat sean casson and if that doesn't work i got a feeling to quote john lennon uh that uh, she will try another seat because i think she got the bug d all right i think that's enough illinois news oh actually we have one more story Illinois to get at least $17 billion from the infrastructure bill. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Thanks, Joe Biden. Yeah. How could you hate that? Now, what's the hate? Make sure the kids hear words. MAGA, what's your problem with that? Huh? Kids should hear words. Now to the news in the city of Chicago. You are out of order, sir. Okay. No, I'm not. I think she was talking to you, Ben. <laughs> she probably is. Actually, who was she talking? Was that Byron Sixto Lopez? Yeah, I think that was Byron Sixto Lopez. He's always in trouble with Mayor Lightfoot. You are out of order, sir. The following comes from the Chicago Tribune and Alice Yin. And the jab battle in Chicago continues. More than 20 Chicago labor unions have filed a complaint in Cook County Circuit Court against Mayor Lori Lightfoot's COVID-19 vaccination mandate, seeking the same deadline suspension that a judge granted Chicago police officers. The 23 plaintiffs include Teamsters Local 700, Chicago Journeyman Plumbers Local 130, and Service Employees International Union Local 1. According to a copy of the legal challenge, they are seeking Seeking an injunction to force arbitration over Lightfoot's vaccination policy and Paul's the December 31st deadline for city workers to get fully vaccinated until the matter is resolved because of what they describe as a violation of their collective bargaining rights. Uh, the petition cites a November 1st decision by Judge Raymond Mitchell in the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police's lawsuit against the city, saying no members of the four Chicago police unions are subject to the December 31st deadline until the matter goes through arbitration. On Tuesday, an appellate court denied the city's petition to reverse his ruling. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this shows this shows the deep roots of the um, anti-vaccine passions in this country. We've talked about this a lot, D. We'll be still talking about this for a long time. It's one of my favorite subjects. Uh, the anti-vax people, as much as I don't want to say this, but you got to, you know, you got to, you got to give credit where credit's due. And 
they have done a masterful job of turning much of the country against vaccines. It's the concept. And I think it's, it's, I mean, it's not as hard. Now that I think about it as it's, it's like, it's a lot easier to do that than let's say to get people to jump aboard. Oh, a fair tax to tie the two together. Why? Cause D let's face it. A good chunk of the population is scared of needles. Be honest, which I find weird. You know, I mean, like I remember Derek Rose talking about it. Derek Rose, great basketball player from Simeon high school. He used to play for the Chicago bulls. I told you to get back to the bulls. He goes, he doesn't like needles. At some point he said, I don't like needles. He's got tattoos all over the place, you know, but he doesn't like needles. So it's kind of a weird thing. Like tattoos. I can handle needles. I can't. People are afraid of needles. I know a lot of people, a lot of good Democrats, D not naming names. Okay. I'm not naming names. Don't try to get me to name names who are afraid of needles. They won't get a flu shot, for instance. Not naming names. I see you trying. And uh, so that fear of the needle, I think Aaron Rodgers, for all that talk, he's just afraid of a needle. Kyrie Irving, all that talk, afraid of a needle. Bradley Beal, afraid of a needle. And so it's not that hard. But on top of that, just the general paranoia that exists in America today, the disbelief, the skepticism that's everywhere on both sides of both parties. I know even myself, whenever a politician says something, my first inclination is go, hmm, hmm, hmm. So all that comes together. It's a very powerful force. So a lot of these union leaders, they're like, hmm, personally, I've been vaccinated. My whole family's been vaccinated, but rank and file. So let's say 20% of a union uh, D is against vaccinations. That's a big chunk of people in your union. And you, you can't just like throw them off, off the bus and drive over them. Mixed up my metaphors there, by the way. <laughs> Pretty bad. So, you know, it's a, it becomes a collective bargaining issue. And as a union member, I do believe in collective bargaining. I do believe that Mayor Lori Lightfoot should have been more responsive with the new unions, try to work with them, much like the NBA did with the NBA players. Although, as I would like to point out, the NBA wasn't that uh, cooperative, let's put it, uh, with the referees. I don't know if you saw that, D, but they just pretty much ordered the referees who have their own union, get that vaccine. So uh, the unions of Chicago... They will never give Johnny Catanzara credit for this one, but Johnny Catanzara for Turner Order Police was leading the charge for how long has this been going on, D? About a month now? Johnny Catanzara has been leading the charge, fighting the uh, mandate. And personally, I don't think it's much of a mandate. Basically, you have to tell the city whether you've been vaccinated or not. So, uh, but, you know, so I'm sure there's some uh, workers telling their union uh, leaders, hey, Johnny Catanzara is sticking up for the police. What about us? And so the, they have to, to go along with it. So it's powerful force. These are all the forces that are against the Democrat, that anti-vaccine passion, that fear of needles. Uh, you know, I think that's very strong. And, and folks, I'm sorry. Don't tell me it's because you don't want government telling you what to do. Please don't insult my intelligence with that. I've watched people roll over time and time again for all kinds of really dumb orders and commands that government to get your job. You had to pee into a jar. Many of you. So I didn't hear any of you complaining about that. And for years and years and years, the government's waging war, a war on drugs. I didn't hear any of you complaining about that. It's a fear of needles D 
And uh, it's a very powerful force. And I got to tell you, you watch the, the um, that'll be part of the uh, campaign that uh, Kenny G finances, whoever is the Republican nominee about anti-vaccine mandates, anti-anti-mandates, anti-mask mandates. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised at all that the, the unions uh, filed this petition. And uh, I'm not surprised at all that such a sizable chunk of Americans uh, from all backgrounds are resistant uh, to the vaccine. And I think the COVID will be around for quite a while as a result. Yay. In other news, Mayor Lightfoot and Dr. Azike, the head of the Illinois Department of Public Health, testified Wednesday before a congressional subcommittee about what has or has not worked to overcome vaccine hesitancy. ABC 7's Craig Wall reports that Lightfoot cited Chicago's hyper-local efforts to focus on communities where vaccination rates are low as a way to get more shots in arms. That includes using ambassadors to go door-to-door to encourage people to get the shot. Uh, Lightfoot said, quote, right now, where we are, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. You've got to simply start the conversation by listening and really getting an understanding of what the particular person's hesitancy is. Oh, brother. She also added, yeah, please don't bring up Lollapalooza, guys. That was months ago. Please don't bring any of that up. Uh, Oh, D, I could go on. The city and its mixed messages. I could go on. You know, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I don't see that, what, tolerance for listening to people with different vaccine views when you're dealing with fraternal order police. Just saying. Shut up and get that vaccine. And by the way, I'm sympathetic to that notion because I don't have that fear of the needle. I mean, I do have kind of a fear. I'm not going to look like when they put the the needle in, I don't look at it. You know, some people are like, let me look. You know, I look the other way. Is it over? (laughs) And then uh, more often than not, it's uh, who was it? It was uh, one of the anti-vaxxers, Sage Steele, ESPN personality, uh, who is an anti-vaxxer and a conservative and uh, she was talking about how the nurse was intentionally like she thought the nurse was when when she stuck the needle in was trying to hurt her she had to get the vaccine because espn requires it's a on-air personnel to get the vaccine so she she said that the nurse was trying to hurt her i'm like what kind of nurse is that you know it's like chucky uh, with, <laughs> with the needle so you know, I, I Lori, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know, when our Chicago mayors go to Washington, oh, my God, this is such a trip. They put on this this show like they're so smart, and, you know, and wise and professorial. And you have to really listen to the vaccine hesitancy. Oh, I don't hear that in Chicago. Shut up and roll up those sleeves. I'm going to jab you myself. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I'm not falling for it. And, yeah, Lollapalooza, the Chicago Tribune. I don't know if you saw this, they had a front-page story. There it is. A look back at Lollapalooza's preparedness. Uh, Tracy Swartz and Gregory Pratt, Greg Pratt, great reporter. And guess what, D? Lollapalooza's, uh, according to the story, the, the people who run the Lollapalooza Music Festival were telling the city in emails, you know, don't look at us to patrol that. We want to get as many people as we possibly can. Into that festival. Duh. That's how we make money. And then Lori Lightfoot uh, was assuring us it's no problem. She went to Lollapalooza. Remember, D? She went to Lollapalooza. Yeah. What group did she see? 
Foo you Fighters. Some, Foo Fighters. No, nah, it wasn't the Foo Fighters. Oh. Uh, I don't know who it was. Miley was Cyrus. <laughs> Which was that was she at? Yes. And for ten trivia points, Mr. I Billy Ray Cyrus is her dad. Wow. <laughs> How did you know? I Come was going to ask dude. that. Come on. And, uh, okay, Billy Ray Cyrus was her dad. What team in Chicago was once coached by a man named Billy Ray? Bill, what? <laughs> the Bulls. I don't know. No, Blackhawks. Come oh, on, D. Okay. Show's over, guys. We're done. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah. So they were singing out of both sides of their mouth with Lollapalooza. And uh, Lord knows how many people uh, spread the virus. They caught it in Lollapalooza and then spread it elsewhere. The city said it was only 200. Didn't they say that? Only 200. Only 200. So we don't know what those 200 people did with the <laughs> It's only 200. All, uh, we're all over the place with this. You know what, D? I'm almost at the point. Uh-oh. This is going to be radical. Uh-oh. Forget it all. Forget the mandates. Forget the masks. Forget the... Just you guys want you want COVID, get it. How about that? As how about me running for office, guys? I don't yeah, really. You care. just lost. <laughs> you just lost with that clip of audio right there. Ah, uh, just you know, you want COVID? You want COVID? Knock yourself out. Get it, Aaron Rodgers. You want get. COVID? Have it again. Either that, or you're going to become the number one uh, gubernatorial candidate against Pritzker. I don't know. Kenny Griffin's oh, oh phone ringing hello oh, oh hi geez, Ken uh, how you doing you say you're gonna back my campaign okay nice talking to you all right up next an update on lifeguard gate Avis Lavelle resigns as park board resident under fire for handling of lifeguard scandal the end came Wednesday at the park district's monthly board meeting after an executive session to discuss personal matters Lavelle read a statement announcing her resignation and defending her handling of the scandal I don't know how there's any defense of how anybody uh, even remotely connected to the Chicago Park District handled uh, this scandal. And let's give another shout out to young Danny Mialopoulos at WBEZ uh, who blew the whistle on this thing with the stories. I forget when it's been so long and the Sun-Times picked it up. They followed in Danny's footsteps. I, uh, Tribune's like, "Eh, should we cover this? I don't know. But uh, no, there's no defense for it. It's atrocious. They buried it. And then they fired the investigator who was investigating it. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. He don't know. It's not for lack of bread. Like the Grateful Dead. You know what song that is, D? No clue. <laughs> uh, neither. Not a listener in the world. No, that's Hair from 1969. Uh, but I don't know why. I don't know why. Who they were protecting, what they were afraid of. Maybe they. Maybe the people that run the park district have just been left alone for so long that they thought they could do anything they wanted. I don't know. I don't know why they did what they did, but what they did was inexcusable. So there is no justification for how they behaved. Uh, They still have not come clean on why they fired the investigator. Then they had the guy investigating in house. Uh, They fired him and then they hired some law firm. So they had to, we had to pay money to some law firm to come out with a report that pretty much told us what we knew already, which is that they looked the other way. You know, it's like Danny Mialopoulos did all the hard work for you guys. All you had to do is go li- read Danny's or listen to his the stories he did for BEZ. He did it already. It's like Sarah Carp. 
Sarah Karp was a reporter. Uh, now she works for BZ as well. But back in the day, she worked for Catalyst, which is out of existence. And she was the one who told everybody that that cockamamie Barbara Bird Bennett uh, principal. What was it? Tutoring scam. She she laid it all out. And then all of a sudden it turns out that the people running that were paying off or, or uh, had cut a deal where they were going to pay off Barbara Bird Bennett. The city of Chicago, the leader's like, oh, my God, we're shocked. Sarah Carp told you. Danny Milopoulos told you. You know what, D? It's like they look to see what they can get away with. So they just ignore what, you know, they see on or they read on uh, Danny's uh, stories that he puts on the online or hear what he says on the air. They say, well, we're just going to ignore him and see if we can get away with it. Well, it didn't work. And then as they walk out the door, they go, we really care about women lifeguards who've been sexually assaulted. Oh yeah. You got a funny way of showing it. So I don't know, D I, I don't think there's any defense for anybody. And I, I don't even think there's a great defense for Lori Lightfoot. How long it took her, you know, to speak out against, I don't know D I don't know. And right in the middle of it, I think I may write about this one. This is the part that just scratched my head. At one point, Dan Amelopoulos broke a story that Kim Fox, state's attorney, Kim Fox, we talked about this. Kim Fox was going to do an investigation. So what did Avis LaBelle do? She uh, what, texted her, can you call me? Remember that, D? You. So I, I don't know what defense there is. I don't know. It's something about powerful people, and they just think they're immune from any consequences for their actions in the city of Chicago. You are out of order, sir. Okay, now she's for sure talking about you. Hmm. That was directed no, towards you. Wasn't it, I think, was it Byron or is it Anthony Beal? can't remember. It was One Byron. But was in Byron? this, yeah, but in this case. You are out of order, sir. Oh, she's talking about you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got it, I got it. Don't run from the bit, dude. Come on. All right. And finally, hey, Chicago, are you ready to gamble or what? Oh, yeah. According to the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is looking at five, count them five, proposals from three firms vying to run Chicago's casino. Now it's almost time for her to show her hand. Clever stuff there, Tribune. Uh, we're going to go th- uh, through those five proposals and from the three firms. But Ben, your thoughts, your initial thoughts on this when you first read it? Well, it's about time. Uh, how many? It's been two years now since. Remember that we uh, the the General Assembly passed uh, the legislation needed for the casino, and uh, then the casino operators said, "Well, we can't make as much money off as the, off of this as we uh, would like." And so Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, "Well, we have to change the law so they can make more money." I thought the whole reason to have the casinos is that we, the people, would make the money. Then they changed the law so that the casino operators oh, would make the money. You're such a hippie. <laughs> and then when you ask a question, they go, "Shut up! <laughs> Don't ask questions." So, uh, I listen. I'm all over the map with this one, D. You know that. Uh, I know the dangers uh, that casinos pose, and uh, I know that gambling is an addiction, and it's just the most regressive form of taxation there really is. Uh, Yes, our state, but our state is looking for every nickel and dime it can get, and they're going to use the money to pay uh, the police pensions. So I don't know. And plus, there's like a libertarian in me goes, well, you know, 
But then the libertarian in me like goes, why don't we just have the illegal guys? You know, the guys, you know, the the legal guy. I mean, you talk about your cookie supplier, the cookie man for reefer. Well, there are a lot of illegal gambling guys. Did you know that? Like they come around out. Yeah. Like the numbers used to be run illegally. And and then there's the betting guys. You know, you all know that I'm not naming names, but our friends of who had like those, the devices on their phones that, this is years before it was legal in Illinois. Guys are making bets. Then you go to some bars and they got these like uh, little machines. You could play like mini, uh, what are the machines like in Vegas, but you got to go through the bartender to get your money back. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. Come on, man. Don't uh, act dumb. V- huh? VLM video lotto machine. Uh, yeah. Is that what they're uh, called? Yeah. VLM. So, I mean, you know, there's that underground gambling thing. Now, don't get me started, D, about the reefer. Do you know that in many states, uh, marijuana, it's illegal to grow marijuana? Like, you can't just grow your own plants in your house. This blows my mind. What do you... But meanwhile, like, gazillionaires are getting into the marijuana growth biz- industry. But you can't grow it, D. You, Dennis, cannot grow reefer. Okay, legally. I'm not, by the way. No, he's not. He's got the cookie man. Why should he grow it? Uh <laughs> So anyway, I went on a tangent there, but uh, so yeah, you're, it's going to happen. It's not good, but like everything else, it's a syntax. We have our sins, cigarettes, reefer, booze. So it's coming D. All right. For the record, I haven't talked to the cookie guy in like 12 years, but all right, let's do our five proposals from the three firms on getting a casino finally to the city of Chicago. <laughs> We begin with number five. Number five. (laughs) Number five, Hard Rock. Hard Rock International wants to break into Chicago with a casino just west of Soldier Field in the wildly ambitious, still theoretical, one central development. The plan to cover a 35-acre train yard with a platform on which uh, retail, dining, and entertainment destination will sit with thousands of residences and millions of square feet of offices. It's still very much up in the air, raising questions about a casino someday anchoring the project. Hard Rock, what do you think that? Well, uh, I think that I certainly hope One Central is not built. Uh, this is that uh, project that uh, they're what they're trying to tell the people of the city of Chicago is what we need is a uh, centralized train depot, which, by the way, nobody thought they needed. See, every now and then, you don't need, you didn't realize this, but you needed the centralized train station uh, across the street from Soldier Field or not far from Soldier Field. And so that will be the platform on which I will build my monstrous skyscraper. But if you pay for the platform, then I can just make more money building my skyscraper. And Chicagoans are like, oh. you know, that, 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 that nod that Chicagoans have. Oh. They watch it on Chicago Tonight. Oh. Makes sense to me. <laughs> See, I don't even think Dave Glowatz and uh, Ken Davis have endorsed this one. You know, they love trains. The two of them love that flyover so much. Go let Ben, the flyover is really going to improve life in the city of Chicago. Even they have not signed on to this one yet. Even they see it's a boondoggle. Dave Glowatz sees it as a boondoggle. So I don't think that'll be the site, D. All right. Up next, we got a twofer. Number four. Let's do number four. Number four. Bally's Chicago. They have a Chicago Tribune 
Publishing Center. Bally's has submitted two essentially identical $1.6 billion proposals to build a Bally's Chicago casino at different sites. One is at the 30-acre Freedom Center site, which was acquired in 2019 by Dallas-based Nexstar Media Group as part of its $4.1 billion purchase of Tribune Media, the former broadcast parent of Tribune Publishing. And number three. Number three. Also Bally's Chicago, the McCormick Place Truck Marshalling Yard. The other proposed Bally site is the McCormick Place uh, Marshalling Yard, essentially a 28-acre parking lot south of McCormick Place. What do you think about uh, Bally's? I, uh, I think that there's a possibility that the casino could go uh, at that Tribune plant. And that's, folks, if you're driving down, what street is that? Halstead. Driving down Halstead in the city of Chicago and you get to uh, about, what is it, Division? No, it's South of Division, Chicago Avenue. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Just it's go it's drive Chica- down It's Chicago Halstead Avenue. It's Chicago Avenue. It is Chicago mm-hmm. Avenue? God. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. But uh, yeah, down Chicago, as you're heading toward Greektown. Oh, I love Greektown. Taramusalata. I'm going to go there as soon as I can. Anyway, uh, you will see this giant uh, printing plant. And uh, they've been trying to pawn that off. Oh, man, they were really hoping Amazon would buy it. Remember that day? They were hoping, please, Amazon, please. We'll give you a uh, billion dollars. Please, just take it. Just take it. And the reason why I think they may, uh, that uh, that may be the site is because I saw Walter Burnett, the alderman uh, at the 27th Ward, and it's in his district, and he was really enthusiastic about it. I like it, he said. And so, uh, you know, that win- winning over the local alderman is an important first step. Uh, and so, uh, you know, getting a casino an award, I don't know how many aldermen are going to want a casino, but Walter Burnett's happy for it. So that, that, that's a contender D I'm just throwing out there. That's a contender. All right. Bally's with their two for there. And, uh, we got two more and also another two for time for number two, number, number two. two. River Chicago at McCormick. Chicago-based Rush Street Gaming, which owns four casinos, including Rivers Casinos Displains, the top-grossing venue in Illinois, has partnered with two developers on separate proposals to build a Chicago uh, casino. That's the River Chicago at McCormick. And finally, number one, (laughs) Rivers 78 Gaming. Separately, Rush Street is working with Related Midwest on a proposed casino at the 78, a 62-acre mega development along the Chicago River in the South Loop. Uh, those are your five. Ben, you say it's going to be um, one of the Bally's, huh? Uh, well, no, I, I think they're a great contender. Now, 78, they're going to have to take that out of uh, Byron Sixer Lopez's wards right now in the 25th ward. Uh, the 78 is a, a, a humongous TIF deal. By the way, all, Chicagoans, just so you understand, your property tax dollars will be spent building these casinos. Don't be dumb. Your property tax dollars will be spent building the casinos. I want you to think about that. You're going to be spending money to make money. Okay? Think about that. (laughs) And now people are saying, Ben, why don't we just spend the property tax dollars paying the pensions? (laughs) Cuz. Then then there wouldn't be a middleman who's going to make a fortune. Duh. Chicago, then it would be socialism. But as long as some rich guy's making money, then you could say it's a public-private ventureship. And everybody loves private-public partnerships. Love it. So that's why you have to have the middleman. And then Kenny Griffin would, the Kenny Griffins of the world would be going, hmm, makes sense to me. There's, and there's private 
money here. No, it's private money making money. So yes, so the 78 is a huge, humongous TIF project uh, down in the South Loop at uh, Roosevelt, just south of Roosevelt Road. It's uh, undeveloped land, and they've been trying to figure out what to develop there. Uh, the 78 is a proposal, uh, all kinds of different ideas out there. I don't know what if there's anything that's been uh, settled on, but I can tell you this, uh, there'd be a huge amount of public dollars uh, spent on the casino if it went there, or at least in the total project. And so I think that's a very likely site as well. And the other one is, uh, I think, near uh, where the old uh, Michael Reese Hospital used to be. And the old local alderman has already made it clear speaking. She doesn't want it down there. So mm, mm, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, regardless, just for the love of God, open one up. I've been saving up some money, and I want to throw it all away. Come on, hurry up. And that's our show. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. Make sure to send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. Uh, if you, you know, want your question read on the show, let us know, and we'll read that question on the show. You can send us a voicemail. We have a phone number, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Find us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Uh, before we go, we need to remind everybody to check out our weekend bonus interviews. Ben, who do we got on the lineup this weekend? David Ferris, I just did the interview, was brilliant on inflation. You can learn a lot from listening to David Ferris. Uh, he's uh, absolutely brilliant on inflation and uh, the politics of inflation. I urge everybody to check it out. And then we did a whole bunch of talk about Virginia. Uh, so David Ferris, the other interview, which I have not done yet, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and Dennis has allowed me to do it. I, I, gave, I asked him. I did an official request, and he approved it. I'll be talking to young Tom Scherer about Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Oh, my good, that hissy fit. <laughs> between those two guys and i'm really looking forward to that conversation any excuse i have to talk about the bulls uh but but d i've discovered this our listeners enjoy bulls conversation if it's like old bulls conversation <laughs> like the 90s bulls although listeners time to jump on that bandwagon because the bulls are doing really well uh so i'm looking forward uh, to that one and we were supposed to have michael girardi but we had technical difficulties uh yesterday we couldn't get him but we're gonna get michael girardi the great michael girardi and probably we'll do a thanksgiving drop of, of michael who plays songs and so i'm really looking forward to that one as well how, how apropos uh, the latest michael girardi song is called technical difficulties so yes Perfect. How apropos, yeah. This weekend's Benny J bonus interview. We're talking inflation and basketball. Whoa! <laughs> Three points. Ben, take a shot. Oh, you missed. Okay. Oh, come on. Let me have another one. Oh, please. All right. One more. Here we go. Oh, it's up in the air. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> Not a great jump shooter there. All right. And of course, uh, check out this weekend's, uh, well, this week's Chicago Reader column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, what is your column all about this week? I eviscerated Aaron Rodgers. One of my favorite topics. What a joke. Man lied. Point blank lied. And then blamed the woke mob. You lied. The woke mob didn't lie. I don't even know what the woke mob is. Anybody who disagrees with you is the woke mob. You lied. You let everybody to believe that you had the vaccine and you didn't have the vaccine. And then you acted paraded around with all the freedoms that people who are vaccinated get 
uh, potentially polluting everybody with the uh, COVID. Uh, and then when you got caught in your lie, what did you do? You ran to some radio station where the host was just totally in love with you, and you just do a hissy fit. Oh, they're picking on me. Oh, the woke mob. And then you quote Martin Luther King. Why are you dragging him into this? He's not around to defend himself. I can't stand it when MAGA quotes Martin Luther King, D. If MAGA was around when Martin Luther King was around, they would have been on the other side. They've been throwing rocks at him. And now that he's not here, oh, they love him so much. So anyway, D, that gives you a little sense of what I wrote about. There you go. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. You can check that out. And you can check the archive of Ben Jarofsky columns. Is there a column where he's just loving Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. I don't know. Probably. Just go check it out for yourself. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Yeah, there's not a chance he's complimenting Aaron Rodgers in one of those. But check out the Ben Jarofsky uh, column archive and so much more at Chicago Reader. All right, very good. I want to thank uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all in Illinois, about whom this show would be possible. And he's been really working hard, folks. He was down. He's still down in Alton, but I think you're coming back, right, Dean? Yep, coming back tomorrow. Oh, you hear that big truck? Out of, my hands wait on the wheel. He'll be driving up. That's him going from second to third gear. Uh, anyway, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Ken Griffin, J.B. Pritzker, and Sam Zell will tell you, back home and on, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. You're out of order. You're out of order, sir. 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 You're out of order, sir.